We're still selfieing up here on stage. How, how are you doing, ladies? Welcome to Cabot Woman Night 2019. We are just so glad you're here. And um, the weather even held off for us. The rain cleared out. Amen. And I don't know about you, but man, the presence of God is in the house. Can you feel it? That is the presence of God. And um, he is here to do all kinds of things, I know. Um, But one of the things that I think sometimes happens, by the way, my name is Cody. I get to pastor here alongside James. And um, one of the things that I know happens in my life is I can have the expectation that she's got it all together and my life is crumbling and I just need what she has, you know? And the truth is really that we're just all a bunch of everyday girls. Is that true? We are all in this together. We are all just everyday girls. So we invited some everyday girls and an everyday man to the stage tonight. You know, we are so thankful, Pastor Bernie, that you have joined us on stage in this room full of estrogen. And can we get a hand for all the men that have helped pull off Woman Night? They are just willing to do every chore that is dirty and needs done and have really helped pull us off. And so we are thankful, gentlemen, for you guys being here tonight with us. Um, I want to introduce you to who we have up here. I have Miss Paula and um, her and her husband have been married over 17 years. They're now in the empty nest season and they have such a great marriage that we look up to and um, serve in all kinds of areas. Uh, You know, everyone on stage, if I added it up, all the areas they served, it would be like 4,000 areas that these people serve, not to mention all the children represented here. So I'm going to bypass that part. They all serve in like a kajillion areas, for real truth. Um, Liz, her and her husband, Sean, we have Liz here with us today. And um, you guys, Liz loves the Lord and um, homeschools her children. So that has to be of God. That is a gift. I keep asking her if she's enrolling, if she'll let me know. And then Dana is here with us. Dana serves in a lot of areas too. We're so thankful. Um, I I was going to say something about you. Now it left me. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. Dana clothes my children. Dana gives me hand-me-downs. And so... I'm really personally thankful for Dana because she keeps my children in shoes and clothes. So thank you, Dana, for that. And then Pastor Bernie is here with us. Uh, He and his wife, Stephanie, have counseled so many families and couples in a lot of different seasons of life, and we really trust their counsel. And um, so I'm glad to have a man's perspective here tonight. And I just wanted to um, ask some questions to these guys so you can hear their perspective, so you can have... Um, the understanding that it's not just someone else that is going through something, but the Lord has hope for your story right where you are. So we're just going to get started with Miss Paula. And like I said, you are in the empty nest season, and your life seems like a dream, like this great marriage, you have it all together. Um, but I know that might not be the reality. So take us back to 25 years ago. Well, first of all, 
Hello? Okay. <laughs> First of all, Cody, we just wanted to be on the prayer team. I told Miss Paula, me too. That's all I want to do too. I didn't pick public speaking. I dabbed the other way. <laughs> you know, there are um, hard things in life. There's daily struggles. Have you ever went to work with mismatched shoes on? I came to church with no shoes on once. <laughs> Literally forgot my shoes. Have you ever been talking into your phone while looking for it? <laughs> Have you ever got dressed, put your lipstick on, and got to work, and you went, where did that come from? <laughs> Those are daily struggles that we have, and they can be frustrating, but have you ever had anything just really hard that just absolutely just was like a tornado, just came through and just tore everything up in your life. Um, those are hard things. They, they put you on the floor sometimes, and it feels like you don't have any air to breathe, like someone hit you in the stomach. Um, 25 years ago, that happened to me. I was on the floor. So what, then what? Like, what did you do? How did you get through that? Well, while I was there, I was, I was out of breath. I couldn't speak. I was hurt. I, was, um, I had walked in from work, and there was divorce papers on the table. And that put me on the floor. And when that happened, in all the devastation and all the hurt and the pain and the brokenness, what I learned was God met me there. He met me. So it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what pain you're going through, what you're going through. God will meet you there. He meets with me every day now. That's why I smile. That's why I have joy. That's why I'm happy. And that's why my marriage is everything I dreamed it could be. Well, and I will say, Miss Paula, your, sm your smile is infectious. Good. Infectious, yeah. It's like when one person yawns and then you have to yawn. That's like your smile. Well, thank you for sharing with us. You're I appreciate welcome. that. Give Miss Paula a hand. Dana. You guys, Dana has lived so much life, and even as we were talking and preparing for this, I feel like there were even more things that I was introduced to about your life that it has really prepared you to be a get-it-done girl. Like, you have lived so much life, she can get more done in one day than I feel like I could get done in a week. And so, um, what? tell me, what do you want to share with us? I'm going to leave this open-ended for you. We don't have enough time for all that. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to get a little deep for a minute, ladies, so just bear with me. Um, I'm going to start at the very beginning in my life. Um, I was the young woman, or I was the woman that was, I'm sorry, I was the girl that was born uh, to a woman as a teenager that was highly encouraged to get married, and they did, to get divorced twice. I was the young girl that... Um, was woke up out of a dead sleep to hear her dad screaming at her mom 
that he wanted to know where his gun was because he was going to blow her brains all over the bedroom door or wall. I was the young girl that came home from school, and uh, my parent or my mom and my grandmother told me to sit down that I couldn't watch TV for a while because my dad's face was printed on the TV screen. He had been arrested for murder. Um, during that particular moment, though, an amazing thing happened, and I had accepted God as my Savior. And so he began to protect me as my walk continued. I, uh, I remember feeling the Holy Spirit just touch me, but I didn't, I didn't recognize it, and I didn't know the fullness in that moment. So you fast forward to the teenage years, and because my relationship with God was so mixed-matched, I didn't have a good God picture. I found it in relationships with men. Um, with boys at that point, which ended tragically as it does for all of us. At 24, I got pregnant out of wedlock with a man that I didn't know. I have a beautiful son out of that, and we raise him. He lives in Jonesboro with his dad, which was a huge tragic moment for me as well to give my son up, but I knew it was best for him. I met my husband, and we got married, but we carried, I carried all of my baggage with me, so much so that we've been married for 15 years. For 15 years, we have been married, divorced, remarried, separated, and back together. So that's a great story. <laughs> so what do you feel like made the difference for you? What was the shift? The shift was when I finally just came face to face with myself. I walked through freedom. I allowed God to heal my pain. I allowed God to speak into my past and to not carry it any longer. I allowed him to mold me and to make me and to remind me that he had created me for a purpose. I had to own my own mistakes, though, and I had to seek forgiveness in a lot of areas. Um, and I had to have forgiveness for my dad, whom today we have a relationship. Wow. Um, I've even went on vacation with him uh, a couple of years ago, which was huge in and of itself. The biggest thing for me is finding hope in God was obedience. Obedience to stay in a marriage that I didn't want to be in. Obedience to come to church day in and day out by myself with my kids in tow. Obedience to lead Bible studies, even though my husband and I fought almost every time the women were going to come. Obedience to serve in this place because I knew that if I didn't walk in obedience, I was not going to be the wife and the mother that God had truly created me to be. So if I could say anything to any woman out here, it's don't lose hope. God hears you. He hears you in your storm and in your mess. Um, he walks with you in the ugly um, and in the good, and he will not leave you there, but you have to trust him and you have to get out of his way. That's good. Amen. I love how, you know, you just said you owned it. You had to own your own freedom. You had to steward that. And I think that's so important. When Dana references freedom, that's not a general sense. That's, 
you know, we all go through these storms and these situations and we can't just fold them up and pass them on. We actually have to deal with those seeds before they grow up and become massive trees of, of um, rebellion or bondage in our life. So I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you, Dana. Liz, um, okay, Liz just has it all together, you know, like, I like I said, she homeschools her kids, and um, she's a dancer, and she helps, she's a doula, I mean, just like all of the wonderful things, you know, turns her own butter, everything, and so <laughs> I'm like, probably not exaggerating. But like I said, I know that maybe our perspective isn't the same as your perspective. And so I'm wondering, Liz, what does it look like for you when life doesn't meet your expectations? Okay, well, I expected to look a little skinnier on TV, but I don't. So that's an unmet expectation. We need a filter. Uh, Yeah, right. Um, what does unmet expectations look like? Um, it could be silly. It could be that I come home to a dirty house that I expected my husband to clean. Um, or it could be a little bit more serious um, where um, you expect your child to grow within your womb and you expect to see that child grow to fruition in this world. Um, you expect to get to learn all the ins and outs about that baby. Um, and Sean and I found ourselves in a season a couple years ago where we didn't get to see all of that come to, to the light. Um, we, um, it was silly. It seemed silly to grieve it because we didn't know about it until it was gone. So it was like uncharted territory. How do we, how do, we do this? Um, so I did expect that we were going to do it together. I did expect that we would grieve together. However, we just didn't. It was just... Um, It was hard for Sean to understand what was going on in my body physically, and so I had these expectations that I I wanted him to do and I wanted him to be that really only God could fill. Um, Which is great. I mean, that puts you in, honestly, it's painful, but such a good position to be in where, God, you are the only one. Right, right. Um, I I did, however, have expectations for God that I didn't realize until after the fact we um, we were just in this place, and I didn't like it. I didn't want to be there. Uh, we serve God faithfully. We're submitted to him. We're all over this church. Like, I feel like we should have a good life. We, we live by your will, and we shouldn't have to go through this. But God didn't promise us that. He just promises that he's going to use everything for the good. Yeah. So that's where we were. Um, you fast forward a couple years, and we still had that disenfranchised grief that was not um, finished. But we also had these expectations for one another that just were um, also not going to happen as well. So that's where the enemy, I feel like he just put like this veil over me. And it drew me away from the hope that was there, um, that was evident, that was clear. But it was just foggy at that point. And in that moment, he created these hand grenades, and they were going against the callings that God had called me to. God had called me to be a wife. He had called me to be a mom, and he had called me to homeschool. I still don't know why he's called me to do that, but we're working on that. Um, You're good. You're good at it. (laughs) 
Um, and so the enemy was telling me, no, you can leave your husband. The grass is greener over there. No, you don't have to be a mom all the time. Wouldn't it be more glorious if you only got to do it on the weekends? I mean, these were actual thoughts that I was romanticizing and I was like giving into those thoughts. They actually sounded really good. So of course I didn't want to admit that to my girlfriends. What would they think of me? I have this amazing village around me of wise women how can I expose myself and be vulnerable to that? Um, when I finally did talk to Sean about it, he did um, find a lot of discouragement in the fact that I hadn't talked to anybody. I hadn't reached out for that wise counsel. And so at that point I did, and that's where it all just became different. Um, I became vulnerable to myself and I was no longer held in the grip that the enemy wanted to have me in. Um, I um, talked with this person and found some great wisdom there that was already inside because I know, like I have the Holy Spirit. I knew all along the tactics of the enemy were of the enemy, but I still thought about them and that felt wrong, but yet so good. Does that make sense? Well, I love how you just mentioned that it was someone else that brought it to light. You know, just even the picture during worship with the girls coming forward, it's like, the Lord uses the ladies in our life to speak hope to us and to clarify what we know the Holy Spirit's already speaking to us. Right, right. He, he uses women even when they don't really know. There was a particular woman that didn't know anything about the season that I was in. However, the Holy Spirit pricked her, and she sent me this song, and that song became my heart cry. Uh, that song was played over and over again in my household. Um, it was the Hillsong song, Even When It Hurts. And so even when it was hurting like hell, I still praised him. And even when I didn't have a song to sing, I still sung that song. Mm -hmm. Like, it was the only thing that I had that was tangible that connected me to Christ. Um, so that's where I found my hope. I found it in a song, and I found it in my village of women. Because when I became transparent, the enemy didn't have that grip anymore. Right. He no longer had that stronghold that was connecting me to those lustful thoughts. <laughs> thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Liz. Bernie, the only man on stage. We are so thankful that you join us. Yeah, I was jealous. Ethan had backup. Yeah, I know. know came out dancing. I just know um, when I have one idea on a situation, a lot of times my husband's idea is different. And obviously we're just different, but, you know, the Lord created us so different. And so I just so value your perspective and and thankful for you being willing to be here in the room of ladies with us tonight. Um, we as women want to know, <clears throat> excuse me, how to encourage men, how to win influence with them. So how would you, how would you give us advice? <laughs> okay. Well, well, first, you know, I'll start by saying, you know, my wife Stephanie and I, as we've moved through life and gone into counseling sessions, whether it's premarital or marriage counseling with couples and, and, um, and seeing where the world may say there's no hope in that situation. There's no hope for them. There's no hope for that situation. Um, what I've noticed is that there's always hope. If we can come to an understanding of what the biblical um, idea is for that couple, for that marriage, for those two people. And um, I'll say that whenever we see uh, you understand 
that that other person is a gift. And that could be, you know, like I said, it could be a spouse, but it could also be your kids. Right. It could be anyone that we see them as a gift. Yeah, that it I know changes that, I know that's huge for me when I see my children, my parents, mm-hmm. the people, my relationships as gifts. I love that. Right. And so we have to, first, we have to get to a place where we're not led by our feelings, our, our mind, our will, our emotions. We're not led by our flesh, but we're live, we live by the authority of what God's word says, by the Holy Spirit, and by the promises of his word that he promises good things for us. He's a good father. He gives good gifts. Those kids are good gifts. Our spouse is a good gift. And I'll just say that the the original marriage, you know, Adam and Eve, um, when we see Adam, it says that God caused Adam to fall into a deep slumber. So in other words, he gave no opinion to God what Eve was going to look like, what Eve was going to cook like, any other characteristic that Eve might have because he, did, he wasn't there. But God presents Eve to Adam as a gift. And the same goes for Eve. He presents Adam to Eve as the same kind of gift. For us, we have to understand this is the same thing. Like God presents our spouse, those people in our lives, as gifts. And just as far as encouraging, you know, Stephanie has been so awesome throughout our marriage. 22 years, she's been so encouraging and so inspiring. And no one, and I mean nobody on the face of the planet, can encourage me the way she can, can encourage me and inspire me the way that she can. Um, and so just some practical for you ladies that are in the house. Yeah, give her a round of applause. She's been an amazing wife. But something practical, you know, one of the biggest things that causes conflict in, in relationships for men and women is that we are completely different. You guys will talk about this night for the next three weeks. You will share it with people you don't even know. Us men, we don't, we don't share that often, right? It's like pulling teeth. And so what I've noticed is from time to time, a man will, will come to church. He'll come on Sunday morning. He'll come to a conference. He'll come even to our men's breakfast. And, um, and he may get a revelation from God in that moment on a Sunday morning or at a conference. And he may come home and share that revelation with his spouse. Well, if he hasn't been leading well up to that point, or maybe you're just trying to get him to pray with you from time to time, you have an option, you have a choice in that moment to be encouraging or discouraging. And so what it can look like is, oh, yeah, buddy, it's about time you get on the same page as me. I've been doing that for weeks. Or it can be a place where you speak into that and you encourage your husband to lead well and you don't stifle that and you don't squash that moment. I love that. I love that. I think a lot of times we don't realize the influence that we carry. I love that. Well, I I don't know if there's anything, um, you know, how many stories this relates to in this room, but I would just love to pray over them and pray over you and um, just allow the Lord to move if you connect with any of these stories. So let's pray. Bow your heads with me. Lord, we thank you so much that your word says we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so we thank you for every story, every testimony spoken here tonight. And Father, if it connects with any woman in this room, if there's any relatable area, we speak healing to that area in her life, in Jesus' name. We thank you that 
by their sharing, we offer healing and we extend it out to them. Father, we thank you that we can be women of encouragement with words of inspiration for the people around us, that we will lift others up. We'll help raise their head and lift their shoulders as we honor you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.